What's going on, everybody? This is Jeff Hillen with Selling Stories, where we discuss the struggles, successes, and life lessons learned through sales and in sales. When I say the word prospect strategy or prospecting, what are some of the emotions that come? Do you get the shivers? And are they good or are they bad? We're going to find out today from Mark Hunter, the sales hunter, what to do about prospecting because he might be the godfather of prospecting. Mark, what's going on? Welcome to the show. Hey, you know what? When you say that word prospecting, everybody shivers. Everybody, no, cowers in the corners. Hell, I'll just send out another email. That'll count as prospecting. I'll think about <laughs> prospecting, but I'll never get to it. Yes. Oh, oh painful. Well, we have some great discussion topics and hopefully some stories to go along with it. Real quick, before we jump right into it, can you just give some people some background who don't know you, who you are and what you do? Yeah. First of all, I was not, I, I did not want to go into sales. I did not want to go into sales. I, I, I only got into sales because it was literally the only job I could find. And I got fired from my first two sales jobs. Huh. Uh, so don't think I'm a born salesperson. What I very quickly found out though, is that man, unless you're prospecting, you ain't going to have anything to close. Hmm. It took me a while to figure that out. But here's what I really figured out. And, and today I get to work with companies all over the country, all over the world. Every week I'm on the road traveling someplace, sharing with companies and salespeople strategies. And here's what it comes down to. First of all, you have to believe in what it is that you sell, not what you sell, but the outcome you create. This is so key. It's the outcome you create. If, if you can believe in the outcome that you create, how you're going to help somebody achieve something. Ooh, you know what? That's the definition of sales helping others see and achieve what they didn't think was possible. Boom. Yeah. You go into your day at that, you know what? You're going to be successful. Do you have a, maybe a reference point or something that comes to mind about that topic to have somebody connect the dots on that? Yes. I, one of the scariest things in my life was I had already been fired from two sales jobs. I'm probably about 24 years of age and I'm sitting in my boss's office. And he's asking me, he says, Mark, why are you in sales? That was his question he asked me. Why are you I wanted to say it was the company car because literally I couldn't afford car insurance and it, it was company car. You, you couldn't answer that. And I said, I'm in sales. I, I couldn't remember what I said, but he, he blasted me. He said, Mark, sales is about understanding the customer. Sales is about listening to the customer. Sales is about helping them them satisfy their needs, not your needs, their needs. Mm -hmm. and, and it's funny, but when, when he got in there, I, I thought I was getting fired for the third time. I thought I was getting fired from the third sales. Now, if you did, real quick, if you got fired for the third time, were you still going to stay in sales or did you now at this point have a backup plan? I did not have a backup plan. Okay, so you're staying in sales. Yeah, because I couldn't afford car insurance. I had messed up my driving record so bad in college. I could not afford car insurance. Wow. So I was having to get jobs that supplied me with a company car. That I wasn't working for the money. I was working for the car keys. <laughs> That's amazing. It's interesting you say you're working for the outcome. And then there's people that maybe aren't focusing on the right thing. So for prospect strategy that doesn't work, is it more people that are just worried about themselves than the customer? Or is there anything else that doesn't work in today's world? So many things don't work. First of all, you got to remember this. Okay. Your objective is to be focused on the other customer. It, on the customer. That's, it, it's them first. It's not about you. Yeah, I, I was on the phone this morning. We happen to be recording this on the last day in September, last day of the quarter. Mm -hmm. And the salesperson says, I need this deal. I'm not going to make my number for the quarter. And I go, you think the customer really cares? The customer doesn't point. care about your quarter end. No, 
They care yep. about their needs. So we go off the rails when we automatically start thinking about that. We have to be 100. And it starts with prospecting. Prospecting is not about, hey, buy for me. No, prospecting is about, let me get to know you and your needs, your challenges. And then I'm going to begin to see whether or not what I have, I can craft a solution that may potentially help you. But I don't know what to present to you. I don't know what I don't know what you're interested in. Yeah. And the other thing you mentioned, which I think is critical for people to understand, because you're right, it's not about, hey, I need to hit this number this month, this quarter. For me, prospecting really focuses on activity. And the more activity you have, the less stressed you are about certain instances happening or not in certain periods of time. Do you agree with that? Yes, I agree with that. See, here's the thing. The results we get are equivalent to the score on the scoreboard. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you put points on the scoreboard by the plays you run on the field, on the court, whatever. That's the activity. Now, oh, by the way, guess what? Those plays that you run on the field or the court are really only executed properly when you take practice time. Oh, guess what? The plays on the field or on the court, those are your sales calls. Mm-hmm. But that means we got to do we got to do all that preparation. We got to do that. We got to really understand who it is. So it is an activity game. It it is an activity game. Yeah. And we can't run from that because here's the whole thing. When you start out prospecting, man, I made five calls, nobody bought for me. I guess I must not be able to hold it. Hold it. Statistically, you haven't even begun to move the dial. Yeah. Prospecting. I, I tell people who are prospecting measure the activity, set your metrics, set your goals off of the activity you do. The deals you close, those will come later. Those will come, but it's going to take time. The other aspect of prospecting, I want to talk about the fear of prospecting next, but one area that I learned early in my career and what I try to tell people is really don't focus on the excuse, meaning it's a Monday, everybody's just coming off the weekend. (laughs) It's a Friday in the summertime. Nobody's going to be in the office. Hey, two days from now, it's it's a holiday. People are trying to get their stuff done. Nobody wants to see you. And one of the areas of my biggest concern is it's like when you do, when you work out, you can make an excuse today. It's hot outside. It's cold outside. It's raining. It's sunny. Do the reps. Focus on the reps. Don't focus on the other things. And I wanted to see what your thoughts were on that. Oh, that's it. I will add to that. It's a little bit like buying the gym membership, but Mm -hmm. never going. Yeah. Uh, just because you buy the gym membership doesn't get you in shape. You got to go use the equipment and you got to use the equipment the right way. Yeah. Now, let's back up to this whole thing because you're right. People love to make excuses. We happen to be recording this on a Friday afternoon. Friday afternoons are a great time to sell. They're a great time because you know what? Your competitor just had that attitude. Oh, I don't want to bug anybody on a Friday afternoon. Friday afternoons are great because people tend to be a little more laid back, a little more willing to talk. And guess what? I have great content. I say Friday afternoons are for closing deals. I yeah. close deals on Friday afternoons and any other day of the week, period. Same thing with Monday mornings. Oh, no, you can't call people on Monday mornings because, oh, no, oh, no, they're oh, call. People ask me, when's the right time to call? I say right now. Yeah. Whatever that time is. Take in action. Fact, in, take action. In fact, you know what's funny? The most productive week to prospect is Thanksgiving week and the two weeks between Christmas and New Year's. There you go. Because everybody else is on vacation. Everybody's taking time off. Everybody's wait. And what, what's interesting is schedules are a little bit wonky and meetings aren't occurring. And it's amazing how many people I can reach 
by calling Thanksgiving week. That Monday. Heard it here first. Mark the sales hunter told everybody right now, we have that season coming on us sooner rather than later. Get ready. That's how you make Thanksgiving be a really good day. There you go. That's what you'd be thankful for, prospecting. Now, the key, though, is there's a lot of people out there that have a fear of prospecting. And I think they almost correlate prospecting to get in front of the classroom and having to talk about something. So what advice do you have for the people that you know, have that fear of prospecting? They are just nervous to pick up the phone, go knock on a door to a stranger, or maybe do cold outreach on social media. Yeah, okay. I have yet to find, and I search the internet daily. I have yet to find on the internet a headline that says salesperson lost an arm, was maimed, was killed, was stabbed, was something because of a prospecting call. It just hasn't happened, okay? There is nothing that's going to happen to you. Here's what you got to look at. Got to look at it this way. If you believe you can help someone, okay? If somebody listening knew that they could help me because I have a problem, trust me, I have a lot of problems. (laughs) I would want want them to reach out to me. I would want them to reach out to me. Now, now they don't know me. I know they don't know me, but I would want them to reach out to me. See, if if you can help someone, you owe it to them to reach out to them. Now, you owe it to them to reach out to them because it's not what you're selling. It's the outcome you create. It's how you're Mm going to help them. And this is what you have to believe in. So what I tell salespeople who are scared to prospect, take a piece of paper, draw a line down the middle. And on the left-hand side, write down the names of 10 customers. Write down the name of your 10 best customers. And on the right-hand side, then write down what you sold them. No, not what you sold them, the outcome you created. Hmm. You write that down. And then you look at that list and you go, dang, I'm good. And you give yourself a big hug and you go, "Mm, I'm good, I'm good. (laughs) Because you know what? Because you helped those customers achieve something. Because the definition of sales is helping others see and achieve what they didn't think was possible. Now, let's back up the bus a little further. Because what I'm going to do here is I'm going to say, I got to make calls, but I'm scared. You know what? The first call you make is to an existing customer. Go ahead and call, go ahead and call an existing customer. And you call an existing customer and they're going to say, hey, Mark, thanks for calling. Yeah, it's great. It's really. And you know what's very interesting? That conversation is going to motivate you. That conversation yeah. is actually going to motivate you to where now you can begin to make prospecting calls. Still feel good about yourself. Hey, this guy likes me. They value my services. Yeah. Now I have a different, oh, who else can I call yeah. that's going to do the same thing? It's, it, it really is an easy strategy. Yeah. And then what you do is if you're scared, you set yourself low prospect. Don't say, I have to make 150 calls this week. No, you won't. Say, mm-hmm. I got to make two calls this hour or three calls. Set low goals for yourself goals that you can achieve. And you know what's interesting? You achieve that goal and hey, you're going to feel good. And guess what? You're going to be a little more motivated. And you know what's interesting? Momentum creates momentum. And you just keep repeating that process. And it's just a phone call. It's just a phone call. (laughs) We're not creating world peace. Yeah. We are not. Hey, guess what? And regardless of how the call goes, I got one story I'll share with you. Regardless of how the call goes, the sun is still going to come up in the morning. The example I love to share is that salespeople say, gee, I called three people and they yelled at me. They, hold it. You have no clue what was going on in their life. You have no Mm -hmm. clue. This is like the example of driving through an intersection and you got a green light and a car from the cross street runs the red light and T-bones you. You're totally in the right. You just happen to be in the wrong place. 
it just it, it's just one of those things. This is when customers get unglued when they get upset. They're not getting upset at you. You just happen to be standing in the intersection. That's a good right point. And, and relax. Just get over it. It's okay. When when I got into sales, and I wanted to get your opinion on this because you're definitely an aficionado and I'm just a guy, but I looked at prospecting like when I was in college and I started to interview for my first job and how I viewed it as there was going to be companies that I probably didn't want to work for. And there was going to be some positions I probably didn't want to take, but it was going to get me more confident and more ready for the ones I wanted when those opportunities came up. Does that hit home? You were a smart person. I knew it. I knew it. My mom was right all these years. Your mom was right. And and, and you know what? You got your sales MBA. I I tell people, if you have this fear of of, of calling, throw yourself in the deep end. This is the fear of swimming. You're not going to learn to swim by being in the kiddie pool. You're only gonna to learn to swim by jumping in the deep end mm-hmm. and do it. And you're right, you're gonna flail, you're, it's gonna look ugly, but who cares, who cares? The sun is still gonna come up in the morning. And you know what? In two weeks, in two months, you are going to look brilliant. Yeah. And you will have mastered that skill. I, I tell you what, one of the, my problems was I did not embrace that fast enough, soon enough in my own career. And that's ultimately why I got fired from my first year sales jobs. Yeah. And, and when you discovered this new mindset for, because I know you wrote a book, A Mind for Sales, you discussed like that daily habits to maximize productivity. Yeah. So you went from getting fired twice to now you're an author and telling people how to sell, right? So yeah, there's, it, it, there's hope for everybody. What, what, what are those habits? What are the things that you tell people that you can do to maximize those efforts? The, the number one key in sales is being disciplined and consistent. I'll tell you what, this is, I tell you, you can have a bad sales process, but if you do it consistent and you do it with focus, you're going to, you're going to still get results. I really, I, I, yes, you will. Yeah. It's, you have, one of the things that, that I do is I tell, and this is a top performing sales. I, I coach a number of salespeople who make seven figures and above every year. Now think about that. That's more than a million dollars. Every one of them starts off the day at the exact same time, doing the exact same thing every day for the first hour and night. Their days are so structured. Yeah. I coach one individual. He says, Mark, he says, I get other top performing people in the industry. They want to come work with me. And they go, you are so boring. I go, yeah. Boring is how you win in sales because it's absolutely consistent and you can literally do it in your sleep. Yeah. That's how you become a top performer. The other thing that story that came to my mind as you were talking, I remember a guy named Ed Eby, and I'll call it prospecting. It was a warm lead. He was looking for a piece of equipment. I live in Lancaster County, which is farm country. So mm-hmm. I ended up driving up to what I thought was supposed to be a big bit, a big building, and it's farmland. And I drive back down this road, and I see what looks to be like a barn. I look at some forklifts running around in the material handling industry. I see a house. And the first thought in my mind is, do I just turn around and leave? Are you kidding me? This is where I'm at. But I took the time, got out of my car, met this guy, Ed. A little quirky. Ed's a good dude, but a little quirky. But he was telling me this piece of equipment he wanted. And it's a six-figure piece of equipment. Not everybody has one. And I'm like, Ed, it's never going to work in this barn over here. I don't want to you know, ruin it for you. But he starts telling me about this building he's going to get. And I believed him, but I was man, are you serious? This is really what's happening? Um, okay, you know, I'll give you my effort. I'll give you my all. You know what? Ed ended up buying this piece of equipment. And what happened was 
he was that typical kind of Lancashire mentality. He didn't do something until he had the money. And he put this grandiose facility together, automation, and this piece of equipment was just a, a, a speck in the whole scheme of things. So I knew from prospecting then on out, man, like besides the reps and just trying to get the confidence for those big accounts, you don't know sometimes what you're going to run into just by mm-hmm. doing those reps. And you got to yeah. do the reps to have the opportunities come. So I'm a big believer in consistency like you talked about. I got a funny story. Prineville, Oregon. You're going to have to Google Prineville, Oregon. It is in the middle of nowhere. I don't know if I know how to spell it. Is that with a Y or an I? Prineville, P-R-I-N-E-Ville, V-I-L-L-E. Called on a customer. He literally began wrestling me to the ground. <laughs> literally began wrestling me to the ground. Did you let him win or did you fight back? I, I, yeah, because the guy was hurting me. <laughs> okay. He became a great customer. Became an absolutely great customer. Now, I'm not suggesting those are strategies that we go out and do. Sure. But, but what I'm saying is that in sales, we have to be prepared. And you know what? Along the way, that made me a tougher salesperson because I knew how to learn how to wrestle. No, yes. it, it, it taught me this whole thing that don't prejudge people. Because again, just like you walked into this place, you go, this guy can't buy. I walked in. Yeah. His office was upstairs, some rickety stairs. And it's like, what? Where, where am I going? Yeah. And then I no more than get up there and he grabs me and he shakes my hand and throws me down on the ground and he's climbing. Dude, this guy's weird. <laughs> but, but ultimately created a great relationship. Yeah. So don't pr- this is the wonderful thing about prospecting. This is the wonderful thing about sales. We get to meet so many different people. And to me, that's hog heaven. Yeah, I agree. And, and the other thing too in sales, you have people like yourself. I listen to you and, and Meredith Powell and Sales Logic Saturday mornings at 8 a.m. See that plug there, like that transition. I didn't even practice; it just came so naturally. Yeah, I, I, do, I, I do listen to Mark and Meredith in the mornings. I think you guys have great content, stuff like this, where it just gives people reminders or insights into some common challenges or things that people can take away from it. You do this a lot, but where can people find you on a regular basis besides Sales Logic? Where can because that's yeah. why I say that, Mark is. I were, there's a show way back in the day called Are You Afraid of the Dark? And one thing I learned is you always want to leave them wanting more. So that's what I'm trying to do here. You do. Hey, jump out to thesaleshunter.com. And Hunter's my real last name. I did not change it. I did not it's change a great it. name for sales. Yeah, I, it, it, yeah, it is. Thesaleshunter.com. Tons of stuff out there. Tons of content. And of course, the podcast, Sales Logic Podcast. And I have, my, I have another podcast called The Sales Hunter Podcast. Gee, these are logical, aren't they? Yeah, uh, And of course, I've got a number of books, but it, it, here's the whole thing. Sales is not a solo activity. Sales is a team sport. And you want to ask yourself, who is on your sales team? Hmm. Because we collaborate, we share. And you know what? That's how we all win in this game. Don't try to do sales alone. I don't do sales logic by myself. I do it with Meredith Elliott Powell. Because again, we complement each other and it works and we create better outcomes. I'm sure glad to have you on this show, Mark, because there's no doubt that this podcast episode wouldn't be the same without you with your insight, knowledge, and expertise. So thank you so much for joining me on Selling Stories and giving great content. I know people are going to love it. Thank you. This is Jeff Hillen with Mark Hunter, Selling Stories. Everybody, make it a great day.